0: Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, CORE Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. I know that God at times calls us to go to different places. Sometimes God calls you like maybe God moved on you in such a way as a follower of Jesus that you left one church to come to this church to partner with us in the work of the gospel. I I, I don't discount that at all. That's my journey. God called Laura and I out of the seats of a church to start a new church and we left all of our friendships and everybody we knew to establish new relationships what i want to say to you is this is why you stick in a church this is your family this is why you need to put your roots down so you can know the stories because there's nothing there's nothing better can i can some of you been around long enough there's just nothing better than when you know the story right there's like for some of you right now i see it in your face because you were there When Sean got baptized, you were there when I dedicated JC, you remember it. No one can take that memory from you. Some of you, you remember, you're like, I was JC's preschool teacher. I just remember when she was just this little, little tiny little thing. Look at her now, she's just singing up on that stage. You stay in a church long enough, you stick with it, that's why we're a family. The, the blood of Christ unites us as brothers and sisters in Christ. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them we are family. We are family. You know, you know, some of y'all hugging each other. That's crazy. All right, that's good. Sometimes family disappoints you. Sometimes family hurts you. Sometimes family even rejects you. But you stick in and you still stay. And you say, all right, we're going we're gonna to find a way and we're going to learn how to love one another. And it's a journey we're on. And so if you're new to CORE Church, put your roots down. Because this is your family and we are glad that you are here. Turn to somebody and tell them, glad you're here. Glad you're here. Okay. Somebody other than your wife, Tanner. Come on, somebody other than your wife. You got like three people around you that, you know, Turn to somebody that's not with your family and say, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. (laughs) Tanner was saying that because he almost didn't make it to church with Sarah this morning. He's like, no, really, I'm glad you're here with me, baby. It was a close one. We almost didn't make it today. Got a Bible. Let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Clock is ticking, so we need to get into the Word. I'm excited about this today. If you don't have a Bible... Download a uh, U version or Bible Hub. Great apps. I use them all the time. It's where you'll find our reading plan. Right now, we're in the middle of a great reading plan. It's an Advent reading plan. That's what the candles are behind me. If you're not familiar with Advent, we talked about that last week. But all month long is Advent preparing for Jesus. And we got a great uh, reading plan on that right now. So, we're in our series that's called Christmas Chaos. Two weeks, people. That, did you wake up this but you realize that like I, that hit me this weekend. Christmas is in like two weeks. I haven't done a lick of shopping. I, I mean I'm like what? And, and just do you feel the pressure? you feel I mean Christmas is supposed to be joy and peace and, and, and just all that comes with it but it ends up being so stressful and we get overwhelmed and we're in this constant state of hurry and and, and isn't it nice if you can just push back the, the chaos for a little bit? and breathe like where is this peace on earth thing that, that God promised to us and, and we talked about this last week but that um, Christmas is just a microchasm of what really 365 days out of the year for us isn't it just is it just me three of us I mean life can be overwhelming there's so much it's so there's so much noise it's so chaotic and it can be so stressful and it just doesn't stop so we're, we're talking about how do we push back How do we push back on what's being pushed on us we don't have to accept all of this how do we push back the chaos and the noise and the hurry and the stress and the anxiety how do i how do i push it back that's what this series is about and uh i i want to thank john mark comer in his book the ruthless elimination of hurry because the series is really inspired by this book this is a book that our leaders and our staff went through earlier this year. It was so impactful. We actually made changes in our church body based on some principles we learned from this book. It really called us back to center. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's on fire. This book is crazy. A lot, of, a lot of people have read it. If you would like a copy of it, I don't think I've ever done this, but we have, this book is available out in the lobby for purchase. If it, I'd encourage you to pick it up. But we're talking about some principles out of here. Some of which we practice, but we we talked about last week about simplicity. Uh, And then next week we're going to talk about Sabbath and and, uh, for the next couple weeks about Sabbath. But today I want to talk to you about silence and solitude. How good does that sound, huh? Silence and solitude. Luke chapter 2. If you're new to the scriptures, Luke was not a disciple. He was just one of the followers of Jesus. But he wrote down an account. He talked to all the eyewitnesses. He talked to the disciples, talked to a lot of different people and wrote down the detailed account. And this is the most detailed account we have of the Christmas story. This is the one that uh, is often read around this time of year. I would encourage you as a family, stop on Christmas Day, read the Christmas story. Uh, We're going to have an online special uh, devotional that wraps around the Christmas story that you'll be able to catch online for Christmas morning. This is the story. So Jesus has been born in Luke chapter 2, go to verse 8. I read out of the New Living Translation, so if you're following along, it says, That night there were shepherds that were staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, which is what your reaction would be if an angel showed up. I don't know what an angel looks like but the angel in your, your life or in your house right now but the angels in our house they all got like pretty dresses on they got glitter they got wings and long flowing locks that ain't what an angel looks like like if an angel shows up like that I, I'm not going to be terrified I'm going to be like wow who does your hair but it's in, in scripture they are warriors they are warriors that do battle in the heavenlies on our, pa- on our part They were terrified. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. It's going to bring great joy to all people. Here it is. This is the great great joy, the Savior, Messiah, the Lord. He's been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You're going to recognize him by this sign. You're going to find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Let's talk about silence and solitude. Father, thank you that you're here today. Thank you for the joy that you've already brought into this room today and Now, would you just speak through the power of your word, we pray in Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So in 1974, two cardiologists were observing their patients, and they noticed something that their patients who were struggling and having symptoms and issues, there was one thing that they all had in, in common. And so they, they coined a phrase, these two cardiologists did in 1974, and they called it hurry sickness, hurry sickness. It's a legit thing. Think about this, 1974, this was 50 years ago. I don't know what you think about 50 years ago, but I'm like, they ain't got hurry, they ain't got stress, they ain't got worry. But if that was what it was like 50 years ago, imagine what it is like for us today. So what is, what is hurry sickness? It's... Hurry sickness is exactly what it says it is. It's, it's the, the, the chronic state of feeling like you're in a hurry. Feeling like you're, I'm always behind. I'm always trying to get caught up. I, I, I just can't get to where I need to get. It's this feeling of, of stress, of, of your heart beating out of control, a little bit of anxiety. Now, if you wonder, some of you right now, you're like, I got it. I have self di- I have self-diagnosed. <laughs> I have it. Some of you, though, maybe you don't. There are actual symptoms for hurry sickness. Let me give you some of them and see if maybe you have any of these. The first one is speeding. (laughs) Anybody? Anybody? How many speeders do I have in the house? You don't go with the speed limit. That's my people right there. I love you. I don't even know why they made a right lane. Why is anybody in? I am a left laner. I'm going to Oklahoma City. I'm out there by Sepulpa where they got like six lanes. I'm all the way over in that left lane. So I, I just, I don't, so I, um, we just had our, our Friday fast on Friday and I fast, most of you know, my practice is to fast every Friday morning. It's a time where I just stop and I just spend time with Jesus. And, and in Mark, John Mark Comer's book, he gives a suggestion of like riding in the slow lane. I was like, that's a joke. Ain't it? <laughs> you got be kidding me. And then I just sense God saying, well, why don't you try it on the day that you fast? You're supposed to be slowing down and spending time with me. Why don't you try it? So I do. I tried. I just tried it on, uh, again on Friday. What? 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 Why are people going that slow at 7 a.m.? Like, do you, we're all headed somewhere. This person ain't, you, you ain't going, like going 50 in a 65. And I'm like, and then, and slowing down. There ain't nothing to see on 169. There ain't sightseeing you anywhere near Rhema. I, so speeding, maybe, maybe that's you. Here's another symptom. Delays irritate you. Delays irritate you. Like, like, like when you're driving and you look ahead and you got that green light and you're like, yeah, baby. No, 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 not if you suffer from hurry sickness. You know that light is getting ready to change. That light is demon possessed and at any moment there is it starts turning yellow and you you judge the distance and you realize there's not enough distance for you to speed up and get through the red light without causing an accident and you have to stop (laughs) or you ever been in a line and you're like what are they the other lines are moving what what are they doing what are they doing up there and that's just communion on a sunday morning Next week, we're sitting over there. they go a lot faster through the line. <laughs> time hacks, anybody? Time hacks. You're, you're trying to make things go faster, whether it's an app that you download or a way in which you move. I love, I love time hacks. I love to make things faster. I I do this every morning. i got this routine. I've got this routine down so much that the animals parade behind me and follow me. They know exactly what I'm getting ready to do. Because I come downstairs and I make a left to the island. I head over to the kettle. I click it on so it can heat up in time for my oatmeal. Grab the dog bowl. Head over. Feed the dog and the cat. Come back around. Mix up my eggs. Stick them in the microwave for one minute and ten seconds. While that's doing that, I pour out my oatmeal. Go over to the kettle that is just clicked off, take it over, pour it over to the oatmeal, stir it up with a little brown sugar and cinnamon, reach over with one second to go, and pop open that microwave. Okay, that's just me. All right. To-do list obsession. Anybody got a to-do list? You're obsessed with your to-do list. Like I, you you, you ain't got nothing else to do but your to-do list. And you're looking, your whole day is judged by the the success of your day is judged off that to do list. And there's nothing worse than a to-do list obsession person than when they have to take something, they ran out of time and they have to move it to the next day. You might be suffering from hurry sickness any multitaskers here in the house you i can multitask i can no no one can multitask that by the way is a lie no you really can't they've proven you can't multitask you actually get less done when you're trying to multitask but you're in a hurry so i got to get more stuff done how about this one one more for you this is the other symptom talk over you know you talk over people because they're not talking fast enough You ever been around a slow talker? <laughs> Come on. And they start this story and you know, you know, you already know the end of the story. You already know how it ends, but they're like, they're way back over here. And you're like, oh my goodness, we got like a century to go here. And you're trying to talk. Oh, you might be suffering from some hurry sickness. Truth is, is that we're, we're not just surrounded by hurry and chaos and, and, and noise. Um, we're contributing to it. All of us are contributing to it. And hurry creates a lot of complications, stress and anxiety. It creates, as I already mentioned, uh, chronic health issues. Um, it can, it, you can put your, you just on edge. You're on edge all of the time. And, or even worse, you, you, you put others on edge. So what would it look like to just push back all of the hurry and all the chaos and all of the noise and, and experience some silence and some solitude? And it sounds sounds wonderful to me. But I got this internal thing in me that says, I would love to do that. I just don't have time. Because I'm, I'm in a hurry. And I know for some of you, you're, you're even asking the question, what in the world is silence and solitude anyway? I mean, is this like, am I supposed to go to a monastery? Like, they go out in the wilderness? Like, what is it anyway? That sounds like something that, that the monks do. I, not for me. But we see it actually right here. We discover silence and solitude right here with the shepherds in the Christmas story. Let's let's go back to the story. In verse 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Doesn't that sound amazing? I mean, just think about that. They're out in the field. They're away from the chaos and, and the noise and the hurry of the city. They're just sitting there. they got the stars and just... Bah. Bah. I mean that sounds amazing. What what we wouldn't do for that, right? All of us want that. We well, we think we want that, but I'm not sure that we really want that. Because let's 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 really look at what's happening here, because they're out in the middle of nowhere, completely isolated. And it's silent. And that was just ten seconds. They're out. There's no phone. They're they're not they're not checking notifications. There's no text to respond to. No email. There's no TikTok video. Check out the sheep video I saw. No. <laughs> no YouTube to get. There's no Paramount Plus out in the field. We we live in a world of hurry and chaos and, and noise. We're, we're we're surrounded by it, and and I think the truth is is that most people are are uncomfortable with silence and solitude. And they will do anything that they can to avoid it. Anything I can do to avoid it. And I, 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 I don't want to feel uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. I, I, I'm gonna push back on it. So why is that? Why, why is it that we, we avoid it? Why do we avoid silence and solitude? I don't think it's for the reason that most of us think it is that, oh, well, we're just, I'm just too busy. I actually don't think that is the reason. I'm not a space junkie. I don't know really anything about space. Um, But I I recently learned that NASA astronauts, when they're training for space, I never knew this, they have to train for silence because, and call me ignorant, but I didn't know this, that there is no sound in space. Um, Okay, good. I'm not the only one alone on that. Some of you are like, woo! You're like, i want going to Google it right now. Don't do that. That goes against everything I'm trying to do in this message. No, but they, I didn't, like, there's no sound. I, I didn't know this. So, like, when you watch Star Wars and it's going, vroom, 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 if that was out in space, it would be more like this. <laughs> Nobody's going to the box office for that, are they? So astronauts, they train in this thing called an anechoic chamber. An anechoic chamber, there's only a couple of them, and and they are constructed in such a way they block out 99.9% of sound. It is the quietest place on earth. And when when astronauts go into this chamber, they they say that when when they get in there and they, they get themselves situated, they can begin to hear themselves breathe. Like, not exhaling, but they can actually hear the breath in their lungs. They say that they can begin to hear their heart beating. And they can even hear their blood flowing through their veins. It drives most people nuts, batty. They can't handle it. They can, most people make it less than three minutes. The, the record is 55 minutes, as long as anybody's made it. I, I think that is us. I think we fear silence and solitude because we're afraid of what we might hear. Because if I get silent and i get still i i'm going to hear myself i'm i'm going to hear my my voice telling <laughs> telling me that i'm i'm inadequate uh, and i'm just uh, i'm never going to accomplish that i'm just <laughs> I'm a fake I'm a failure Uh, and nobody nobody's calling because nobody cares I just I don't matter (laughs) I don't think I really matter what difference I'm just a spot on the map I'm not pretty enough I'm not good looking enough I'm I'm definitely not smart enough. Uh, the reason that nothing's happened is I'm too old. If I was younger, I was young. If I was just younger, man, and I missed it. Uh, the reason nothing's happening is because I'm too young. And nobody's going to listen to me. See, it's in silence and solitude that we come face-to-face with ourselves. We come face-to-face with our failures. Our, our disappointments, our discouragement, our, our pain, our... our Our struggle, our self-hatred. John Mark Comer said this, silence will force you to face reality. Silence will force you to face reality. So what do we do? I don't want to face reality. So we turn up the noise to drown out the sound of my own voice. I'm gonna numb myself on Netflix. I don't even know what I'm watching. I don't really like this show. I don't even know what it is, but it's better than the alternative and sitting alone by myself. Or we quickly, in any moment that there might possibly be silence, I grab for my phone. Now, I don't, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. Anytime there's silence, I'm grabbing for my phone, and I'm checking my phone. I was at the doctor the other day. I was getting out of my car, walking into the office, and I said, well, I'm, I got like 10 steps. I can look. And I grabbed my phone. I got so bad now that even when I'm watching something, if it's got commercials, and the commercials are on, just, there's got to be something on my phone. It's become an appendage. It's not a tool, it's not a resource, it's something that we can't even do without anymore. It's, it's, it's so, and if it's not that, it's, it's I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm gonna turn up the noise of social media, which is one of the worst things you could do, because then you jump on and you see how better everyone's life is but yours. And I preach that so many times, but is it not true? Maybe it's not true for you, but can I tell you it's true for this preacher? Just yesterday, I got—I I was bored. I ain't got no, nothing going on. Ain't nothing, ain't no game on TV. I don't know why. I don't want to watch Army, Navy. I want to watch—I want to watch real game. There's nothing, so I opened up Instagram, and I saw all of these preachers I follow and how great their ministry is all the good things that are happening for them, how wonderful things are, how great this is, how amazing this is. And I, was, whoo. And I did one of the best things I could have done. And I mean, don't no disrespect to any of these pastors at all. I just unfollowed them. I got to unfollow that because it's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for me. I need to unfollow that. I need to unfollow that. Some of you may need to, de- may need to delete it. For, for some of you, it's none of those, it's, but it's It's work. You just get as busy as you can get with work. You're not obsessed with your job or what you do. You just don't want to be alone with yourself. And so I got to get as busy as I can get. And even when you're not at work, you're at work because you got that phone and it's constantly attached. I can check email. I can send a message to someone. I can check in on, on this and see how things are going. And if you don't check your phone, it's just rolling in your head, all the different things that you can do. Or if it's not work, it's activities. I'm just going to get myself as busy as I can get as many activities as I can. And I'm gonna get my kids as many things as they can. In fact, you just blow right through the weekend. There's no such thing as a weekend for you anymore because you're just as busy as you can be. And, and that's, there's nothing. I can't shut it off. I just, We are addicted to the noise. I got to keep myself busy because otherwise I'm going to be faced with me. And silence is going to force you to face reality. But here's the reality I want you to know is that you are wonderfully and fearfully made. Come on, encourage somebody in front of you and behind you and tell them you are wonderfully and fearfully made. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. Well, turn back again. I want you to just, let's just, just practice a little bit with one another. Just turn back to someone right now and just say, you are a child of the Most High God. You are a child of the Most High God. Okay, now let's do one more, one more. Help me out here. One more. Some of y'all like, ah. If you don't want to talk to each other, there's plenty of churches, you, you know, that don't talk to each other. You go on down the street. Uh, the Catholics would love to have you. The Lutherans would love to have you. Methodists would love to have you. The Baptists right over here by the barbershop, they'd love to have you. I, I, it's church. We're family. We're going to talk to each other. That's why we're here we got to support each other. we got to care, We got to encourage each other. And here's what I want you to really tell somebody right now. I really want you to look at them, and I don't care who it is, but you just look at one person and you tell them this. You matter. You matter. You, you matter. Because here's what I know. We're all in this moment. There's so much of this that you're like, man, you read my mail. How did you know I talked to myself that way? How'd you know I say those things about myself? No one knows that about me because I usually just cover it up really, really good. Uh, you know how I know that? Because I cover it up really, really good. Because I have the same things. I mean, I, I don't know why people, sometimes look at me and they go, oh, Pastor Brad, he's, he's been following Jesus for so long. He's, he's like up there. He could have showed up with the angels. That's what he could have done because he's just so good. <laughs> you know who I am in that story? I'm the one that say, hey, Brad, would you watch the sheep? We're going to see the Messiah. That's who I am. I'm the one they even leave behind. They're like, I can't even go. You ain't going. No, you just embarrass us. No, we don't want Jesus to be seeing you, man. You just stay right here. We'll tell you about it when we get back. That's often how I feel. I'm not, I don't need sympathy. I'm just being real. Because I know that's how you feel. I don't feel worthy. I feel worthy to be on this stage. I have moments where I'm like, why in the world am I up here preaching? I don't even know why. You know what, the, the, the enemy will come to me and go, you know better things would happen in this church if somebody else was preaching. You know better things would happen in this church, Brad, if you weren't leading it. And it's some of your incompetency and it's the things that you don't know. And by the way, you're not smart enough, Brad. That's why your church is, that's why this problem and this problem and this problem. Now here's what I don't need. I don't need you coming up after the service and saying, oh, we love you pastor, you're amazing. That's not the point. That's not the point. You're missing the point. The point is that we all deal with that. But but you have to make a decision. Am I going to listen to the noise and the chaos and the hurry and the message of the world? Or am I going to look to Jesus who tells me the truth of who I am? Because I can tell you, I deal with all of those things, but I go back to the Word of God. I go back to what Jesus says about me, and I go back and I say, this is what God says about me. I am His child. He created me. He has a purpose and plan for me. He has put me right where I need to be, and He is going to work through me, and His purposes and plans will be accomplished in my life. And that's not just for me, but that's for everybody. I'm getting excited because I'm starting to sweat under these lights. And and the scriptures, they they teach us a a, a better way, a, a way that leads to peace and joy and confidence and fulfillment. Look with me at verse nine. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and say this with me, and what? The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Think about this. The angel did not show up in the noise and the chaos and the hurry of the world. The angel showed up in the silence and solitude of the field. See, when we push back the noise and the chaos and of, this, of the city and we, we step into the silence and the solitude of the field, God shows up. It, it's in the silence and the solitude far from the noise of the day. It's, it's, it's there that we, we experience what, what the shepherds experience the radiance of the Lord's glory like it, it surrounds you. So I mean, you hear that well does that mean that uh, you know, when I get alone with God and I, and I push back the world and it's just me and Jesus that somehow there's going to be like some beam of light and like the angels are going to oh, it's going to be this amazing moment. Maybe, quite possibly, I can tell you that there's been moments of silence and solitude and God has shown up and I'm like, oh, whoa, I am, I can, I know I am in the presence of God. Whoa, I, wow. And I just know that he is there. But can I tell you that most of the time it's, it's not that way. It's, 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 it's a lot more subtle. There's going to be moments where he does show up. I, I think that silence and solitude is a lot like the World Cup. So I don't, I don't watch soccer. I don't know a lot about it. I, I can't figure out what's happening and why is that guy offside. And I, they don't even have a yellow penalty flag, so I don't even know what this is going on in the sport. Uh, uh, but they have cards. They use cards. And I'm like, what is this, Uno? What are we doing? Um, <laughs> And so but I was like, it's the world sport. And I'm actually was like, I want to start learning the sport. I I kinda and I wanted to watch it and start so I've been watching a little bit of the World Cup and and when you watch the World Cup, this is what it's like. Nothing. 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 Go. That that's right. And then back to nothing. Nothing. Uh, that, that is, that's how it is, I believe, with God. There are moments when God shows up. And, and Some of y'all, I woke you up when I yelled goals. Some of y'all, whoa. Is it, what happened? Is it the second coming? I heard about this. I read the Timmy Tim, Tim Hay book and I saw the Kirk Cameron movie. And is it, is it happening? <laughs> I just came from left field right there. There, there are moments when God shows up, and, and and he and he shows off. But most of the time, it's a much more subtle. I think a great picture of silence and solitude is found in First Kings. And, and First Kings, you see the the prophet Elijah, and he's he's on the run, and 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 he has been in the hustle and the and the. The, the, the stress and the chaos and the noise. I mean, he's, he's defeated uh, bad prophets. He's got prophets asking him questions. He's got kings and queens talking to him. He's got uh, an, an entire nation that, that wants his time and his attention. And now because of the, some things he's done, the queen's mad and he's on the run. And he's running to this place and he runs to Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai means mountain of God. Are you running to the mountain of God? Come on, you need to run to the mountain of God. You want to get away from the chaos and the noise and the hurry? you got to turn around. you got to go the other direction and head for the mountain of God. He gets there, and what's fascinating is we see that uh, there's this mighty windstorm, and it says God wasn't in the wind. And then we see that there was this massive earthquake, but God wasn't in the noise of the earthquake. And then we see this huge fire, but God wasn't in the splendor of the fire. And then he goes out to the edge of the cave. And Scripture says that he, he heard the sound of a gentle whisper. God is not going to shout over the noise in your life. But that's what I want him to do. I want him to do that. He's got to do that. It's like, I love fireworks. I love Fourth of July, and, and I, love, I used to buy all these fireworks with my kids, and now I Our kids are older, and so I just borrow the staff kids. And I go, come on, come on, load them up in my truck, and we go fireworks shopping. And I'm looking for the big boom, right? That's what I want. And I love the names of some of these crazy fireworks, like Magnum Missile. I mean, come on now, Magnum Missile, Inferno, Bad to the Bone, Bad, like, I got to get that one. We bought one this year so much, I wrote it down. I said, we're getting this one next year. It is, it is it, it, you might want to write this down. If you wrote nothing else down today, <laughs> grab a message note. I'm giving you gold right now. It's called Cover Your Ears. <laughs> Y-O, Cover Your Ears. It did not disappoint. I mean, the splendor, it was spectacular. It lit up the sky. It shook the foundation, cracked the sidewalk, caused electronic cars to stop working. <laughs> it was amazing. It was unbelievable. This is, isn't this what we want God to do? I want him to make some noise over the noise in my life. I want to see, he needs to do, if God was to speak into your life right now, it would have to be spectacular because there's no way you're going to hear him because you're never slowing down because your life is so filled with noise. I heard someone once say that God is, God is like fluorescent lights. Like when you walk into a room, you don't, you don't think about fluorescent lights. Nobody thinks about fluorescent lights. Fluorescent lights are, they're just subtle but they're always there, they're always on, they're always dependable, and they light up the room. And what's interesting about fluorescent lights is if you get quiet enough, you can actually hear them. That's who God is. So what does it look like to practice silence and solitude? I mean, again, is it, is it I go, do I have to take time to go to a monastery? I mean, go, I have to go to the wilderness, John Mark Comer said said it this way, it's it's time alone in the quiet with yourself and God. I love that simple definition. It's just time alone in the quiet with yourself and with God. So so it's not about avoiding the noise and the chaos of the city. You you can't do that, but you can withdraw from it. And we see this with Jesus in Luke 5.16. It says, Jesus often, Jesus often what? Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Like if anybody dealt with noise and chaos and hurry, it was Jesus. Just read some of his stories. I mean, he kind of had a kind he, he kind of had a big job ahead. Kinda, what he was doing was kind of important. You know, and and crowds began to hear about him, and it says crowds began to press in on him, and he's doing miracles. And and don't forget he is God, but he's also human and he's getting tired. And at one point it says even in scripture, they didn't even him and the disciples didn't even have time to eat. And so they would withdraw. Even Jesus, Son of God, no miracles today. No miracles today. I think that may have been one of the greatest miracles he gave to us is silence and solitude. He, he got alone with the Father. Not just to hear from the Father, but to, to be with the Father. Scripture doesn't tell us this, and I, I'm gonna take some liberties here, so excuse me for doing this. But I can't help but think that Jesus, he came to this earth Fully God, fully man, and he's apart from his father. And I wonder if he just longed for his father. Like he just longed to, he remembered, I was always with you and always around. And now I'm not there with, and so he's like, I'm coming back because I I want to be with you. So what does it look like to practice silence and solitude? I want to give you a couple quick practices and and then we're done. I want you to remember this, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes progress. We talk about this all the time in, in core growth. Practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes progress. Turn to somebody and tell them, just make progress. It's about making progress, just make progress. So quickly, let me give you just a couple of, of handles, because you're like, I don't know how to do this. Brad. It's not as hard as you might think it is, okay? One of them is something we talk about all the time at nausea, okay? It's one of our core practices. Practice daily devotions. Find a time where you can get along with you and God and his word. Hey, I, I, I know, you're, I, I, but I, I mean, it's, it's not easy. I mean, I, I got my, you ever, if you got little ones, anybody ever tried to like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to the table and have my devotions. And my child is not going to and they're already on your heel? You're like, how did they even know? They're like miles away from me, but somehow they, they knew that I was up, and they find you. Or you have teenagers, you have teenagers, and you're like down, and you're doing your devotions, and they're not supposed to be up because it's like 5.30 in the morning, but for some reason, they decide, hey, I'm up. Hey, how's it going, Mom? How's it going, Dad? I got a question. Why do teenagers always interrupt you at a time when you don't want to be interrupted? When you got plenty of time, they ain't nowhere to be found. It's it's a challenge that I want I want to challenge you to do this. We have our twenty two and twenty two challenge. That is spend twenty two minutes a day with the Lord. Push back the world. Now you can do it whenever you want, but I would encourage doing it in the morning because the morning sets the standard for the day. They they have a lot. By the way, they have a lot of studies on this. That, that listen, this, the very first thing you do and think about in the morning sets your day and how your day is going to be. And so many of us, the very first thing we're doing is reaching for our phones. We're reaching for the world. Woo! You're reaching for the world instead of reaching for worship. You're more interested in what TikTok has to say than what the Spirit of God has to say. Oh, now I am preaching and I'm almost out of time. What would happen if you said, I'm gonna put my phone up. I'm not gonna touch my phone. For 30 minutes. What would that look like? I can tell you what it's like for me. I do it. It's painful. Because I, oh, I want, I have one thing, I just want to check that one thing. But you check that one thing, and then that one thing becomes the next thing, becomes the next thing, and then you have rabbit trailed. And, and, and so here's what I, I, I don't, I'm running out of time. I don't have time to preach this, but I just want to say this. You, you want to, I believe this, I'm believing this more and more, is that, I mean, I think sometimes that the, the phone, you need to have some discipline on your with your phone you need to have that phone almost in front of you and say you have no power over me because when it grabs you guess what you lower your defenses and you have no discipline for anything else in your life but when you establish that discipline in your life that habit in your life it will establish other healthy habits in your life and and i'm telling you why would you fill your head full of news in the morning why would you do that uh, let all the garbage in. You know, I'm not like, hey, you know what I'm going to do first thing in the morning? I'm just, where's the garbage pail? I just like to eat out of it. <laughs> What's dad doing? What's doing? He's eating out of the garbage pail again. He's the enemy. Oh, what is Susan. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're eating out of the garbage. And God's like, I set a table for you right here. It's my word. And you could, you could eat that. And instead we go over here and we we. Do this. I just challenge you, try 30 minutes without, without the, the phone. One of our core practices is persistent prayer. I don't have time to talk about this, but I'm gonna mention it here is that we're gonna be here Wednesday night. We have our Advent Open Prayer and Cole Cabinet is gonna be leading worship that night. I'm excited about that. Is it, I mean, it's gonna be beautiful. It was beautiful Wednesday night. We just, it's a moment to push back the world. Yeah, Brad, but you don't understand my schedule and where I gotta go and what I gotta be and what I gotta do. And you don't know how far that is across town. And I, you know, you know what it is for me? It is for me a discipline. And I'm the pastor, I gotta be here. But it's a discipline for me. I'm gonna be here because you know what, God? I'm declaring my loyalty to you and I just need a little bit more of you and I have left every one of those. I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I did that. We're doing our Friday fast right now in the middle of Advent. What would happen if you fasted just a meal? (laughs) Think about how funny that is in a way. I just can't do it, it's just so hard. It's one meal. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be cruel. I'm just like, seriously, does food have that much of a hold and a control on you that that you can't even miss one meal? I, I think what happens in that moment is this discipline of saying, no, this holds no power over me. And what if you took one meal on a Friday and just said, no, me and God, I'm pushing back. I'm pushing back the noise. Okay, let me give you something else. This is like, this is next level. Nobody's going to want to do this. Nobody's going to want to do this. But I just got to tell you, and and then we're going to be done. Uh, Have a monk day. Take a monk day. Some of y'all don't even know what a monk day is. So uh, I went to spend a week with the monks several years ago and um, started establishing what I called a monk day. And then I started having our staff do this. And what we do is once a quarter, our staff shut the entire office down and we have to go with our Bible and a journal. That's all you get, your Bible and a journal. No worship music, no helps, no guides, no devotionals, your Bible and your journal. It's It's just like you think it is. They're like, are you serious? And so we do. We do this once a quarter. We get away, and we spend time, and it's Unbelievable. And I can tell you, it is so stinking hard. Even for this pastor, we did one just two weeks ago, and I was I was in the middle of my monk day, and and, and suddenly something in my head was like, Oh, that's right. I need to make sure that is scheduled. That's got to be scheduled. And I got out my phone. Which we're not supposed to do on monk day. Staff already knows about this, I already told them about it. And I open up the phone to put something in the calendar and when I look on the calendar it was Tuesday and that night I noticed Kentucky was playing that's my team Kentucky Kentucky's playing tonight Kentucky is playing oh my goodness and then I looked at the color of the calendar it was purple Kentucky's colors are blue and I was like, oh, I need to change the color of that calendar. And I got into the calendar and I started changing it to the blue, but it wasn't the right blue. And then I got deep dive into iPhone. I didn't know this. You could get into a color template and you could actually pick the color you want. And I just started messing with the colors and I got the and then I got it just right. 20 minutes later. Oh well. Still gonna keep trying. I'm still gonna keep practicing. I'm gonna fail over and over again, but that's not the point. The point is, is that I'm gonna work as hard as I can to push back the noise and the chaos of the world. And I am gonna fight for silence and solitude because it's not an interruption, it's an invitation. It's an invitation, an invitation to commune with the Lord. It's an invitation to experience joy and peace and grace. Uh, we are way over this morning, um, and I know what's happening right now. Some of you are getting real itchy because you look at the clock and you're like, "Man, we gotta get, we gotta get going." Which I think is the whole point of this today. I want us to stop for just, just a moment. And can we just make room? I ask you to just sing over us. Can we just be silent? I want you just to stay in your seat and just. Can we just be silent before the Lord? for just a moment and then we're going to come and we're going to we're going to receive standing at encourages you and inspires you yeah we'd love for you all to come and see us at core church at 10 a.m any sunday and if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us there are links in the description below thanks again for joining us online